It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. This is another episode of, or edition, excuse me, of Frontline Fridays with my very, very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you today? Andy, I am great. How are See, you this morning? Good. You got two specials. I know. And I was I was just thinking about how we were moving away from special to some other words, but I'm okay being back to special. Oh, okay. Don't feel like you've been demoted. No, I don't feel demoted. That's not personal. No, I don't feel demoted. Okay, good. So, we're going to do a little bit of a shorter episode today, um, and we're going to talk about sort of an issue that, that we hear about quite a bit, and it's really about the, the pros and cons of quantity versus quality when it comes to proactive outreach in inside sales teams. And um, yeah, you certainly have been in this environment on multiple occasions, so what's your initial take well, I read an article once on the tyranny of or, which is that everything is not an either or. And I would say I err on the side of quality, but I don't think we can go so far as to say quantity doesn't matter. So I, I, I want to make sure that this distinction of or, it, it's not really an either or. But it's where am I going to put the emphasis? And for me, unequivocally, I put it on quality. Okay, so we know that inside sales, I mean, it's tough business. There's very metrics-oriented business, activity metrics-oriented business, you know, so many outreaches, so many cold prospecting emails or calls or so on. So in that environment, how do you insert the quality? Well, I think the part of the quality comes before you even pick up the phone. The quality comes in terms of have we, and this is often done with in conjunction with marketing, hand in hand, especially if it's a high velocity environment, are we identifying the right people that we're reaching out to? Because you're going to need a, a heck of a lot of qual- quantity if you've got an undifferentiated poorly qualified list of lists of prospects that you're calling. And that will inevitably lead to more, the, the uh, more quantity. So I think the better that you can get at the targeting and identifying who's, who's really a good prospect, that's going to, that will help right off the bat in terms of uh, quality. So some of the quantity driven by sort of the, the objectives or incentives, if you will, for the SDRs, which are, hey, we're just selling a demo, we're just selling a meeting. Um, and is that itself, you know, in your experience, has that sort of led to the sort of perception of the emphasis of quality over quantity? Because, uh, you know, because there's nothing of, or little of real value that's taking place in that, that, uh, that interaction other than, like I said, trying to sell the demo or sell the meeting. Yeah, it would be as if somebody scheduled a demo for me of a 
Maserati. I may find it interesting to go drive a Maserati. I have no interest in a Maserati. I have real, no real interest. Well, I have no zero interest in buying one. So they could potentially get the, <laughs> the demo. So what you're saying is somebody gave you one, you would drive it, but short of that. Yeah, okay. short of it. I don't really care. So I think that's the same thing with SDRs. If we're just saying, hey, just get somebody in to take a test drive, you can get all kinds of people doing it for all kinds of reasons. I'm seeing, though, Andy, more and more metrics for SDRs that include getting an, a, a prospect to a certain stage of an opportunity. And uh, we're certainly doing that at Sumo Logic, where it's not just, hey, get the meeting set, but it's how many of these opportunities actually move into the pipeline and are real opportunities and, and are creating some pipeline value. And I think if it's just, if, if metrics, old school metrics, which are just number of dials, number of conversations, number of um, meetings set, it's not that those aren't important, but the real drivers are the results of what those lead to. And so you're saying that you're seeing, at least at Sumo Logic, but maybe you're seeing elsewhere as well, that... SDRs are being given the responsibility to nurture the deal further along, really, to almost to a, an actual qualification stage before doing the handoff to the account execs? Well, they need, to do, they need to do the qualification stage before handing it off, at least some very basic preliminary qualification. We're just doing finishing up a training right now to help the SDRs be better at qualifying so that what gets given to the sales reps and the account executives um, are more qualified and worth the time that they're going to be spending on them. So that's going to take more time. And that's going to be the trade-off is you're going to have fewer outreaches if you're spending more time on qualification. That's correct. That's the quantity versus quality. So how are, yeah. you, how are the incentives changing then for SDRs, or how are the activity goals changing for SDRs as a result of doing that? You know, it's, what's interesting about it is the activity goals are not that different, surprisingly. I mean, it's, they're not that different. Um, there are better tools in place, I think, to help uh, handle some of the... Uh, kind of monotonous input, note-taking, Salesforce admin, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Sure. We, ha- we, ha- we haven't, it, and I'm just thinking about Sumo Logic. we haven't made dramatic changes to their activity goals, but we've placed more of an emphasis on sort of different metrics. So opportunities getting to a certain stage, pipeline created, uh, that sort of thing. And we're just teaching, we're teaching SDRs also how to be, uh, make more efficient use of their time as well. So, sort of a little bit of a digression, but you'll see that it comes together at some point. So, what if you were tasked as a sales leader to say, look, we're currently sort of doing industry standard 23% close rate on qualified opportunities. What if you're saying, look, in a year, we want to change that so it's 40% or 45%. Okay, you said we're, we're, you're, 23% is what? The 
well, it's, it's sort of the industry standard close rate in the SaaS business for qualified opportunities. Okay. At least that's what I've been told and I've heard at conferences and so on. So okay. just using that as a, a metric, whether it's right or wrong or not. But just to say, is so if you were given the charter and saying, look, what we want to do is, Bridget, a year from now, we want that to be at 40% or 45%. What, what would change? in your process, what would change from this quality versus, or have to change from this quality versus quantity metric? Because something, you know, across business-to-business sales in general, you know, there's some some thought that close rates, it depends on the segment, but close rates are typically higher percentage of deals, qualified opportunities on pipeline that close. So, when you're at sort of 22, 23%, it's, it's, it, you gosh, just sustain that you know, you're, you have to churn through a lot of prospects. So what if you what if you were saying, look, the goal is we want to have a higher percentage that close. What would the ramifications be for all the activity metrics? And like I said, in this quality versus quantity debate. Uh, well, I mean, if you're talking about the conversion of qualified opportunity to close, mm-hmm. uh, for the quantity to quality discussion, I think... Either your qualifications need to change so that they're actually better qualified. Because if they're better qualified, they are likely better, more likely to close. Right. So one, I'd look at your qualification metrics. The second is then I would look at the different uh, the your rep productivity. Are there reps that have higher conversion rates than others, and why? Are there places where you're getting stuck? Are you get are, are where where's where do they fall out? Do they fall out between uh, meeting and demo? Do they fall out between demo and POC? Do they fall out between POC proof of content? Thank you. Where do they fall out? And I think then you go and you try to optimize and do a lot of training on where they fall out. How can we get better at moving them from? a stage four to a stage five opportunity. And then you have to look at in between because if they're all qual- if if they're all qualified opportunities and you're trying to improve a conversion rate, then you've got to look at what happens in between talking to that qualified opportunity and closing it. That to me seems like a very that's a skills-based issue in my opinion. The quantity quality would come in just if we're thinking about, okay, is there a way that we can get a more, a better qualified opportunity? And, and that's what we're working with. So that, that's, that's where I would see the differences. What do you think? Well, I think it's sort of the inherent push-pull with, with uh, certainly a SaaS business, but inside sales server in general is, is yeah, there's, you know, it has to has to be a certain level of, of activity that's out there. Definitely. Um, but on the other hand, it seems to sort of, it sort of feeds the beast a bit when you have these um, close rates that are relatively low. You know, you're saying, gosh, we're closing a fifth, the 20, 20% roughly, or 20 to 25% of our qualified opportunities is all we're closing. It seems like the opportunity to really drive sales, you have one of two ways. You can either do more activities and maintain the same close rate or perhaps have more quality opportunity, quality activities up front and drive a higher close rate. Well, and I guess 
the the question was how do you improve the the ratio the percentage and just adding quantity you're not going to change the percentage you may change the net revenue but you're not going to change the percentage oh i know that's, just, why, that's why i'm saying that's why i think that that as long as the close rate is like i said is perceived to be low at least i perceive it to be low then you are yeah somewhat stuck in this track of you got to have a lot of activity feeding bringing opportunity potential opportunities and plus that feeding the monster right right because you're chewing through a lot of prospects if you're only closing 20 to 20 to 25 percent you have to have a ton of new prospect continually coming in true a, a high fraction of which i would argue are never qualified even the ones that you say are qualified are never qualified if your close rates are that low i don't know that i would assume that it's because they're not qualified, they're not closing. That is certainly one possible reason and perhaps a contributor, but oftentimes it's also um, sales reps, just lack of training or skill sets or, you know, there's there's also that in it also. Sure. No, I understand. I mean, you're, you're going to have that that sort of ebb and flow of, of skills and capabilities and so on. But... You know, even if you're saying, look, a good portion of our 50% of the deals that we don't win are due to no decisions, then, yeah, those no decisions are going to be a, a mix of, yeah, we didn't sell it properly or we didn't qualify it properly because they were not qualified to make the decision anyway, but yet we still invested time to sell to them. Correct. So it's yeah it's, a, it's like I said this dynamic is is fascinating to me because it's it's not an easy easy thing it's easy to say wow you know we're just blasting out these undifferentiated messages and and you know the level of personalization is low and you know people feeling spammed yeah it's easy to say that but it's it's hard to sort of say okay well, where do we really insert the quality in a way that has a meaningful impact on the end result. Yeah, I th- I think that's right. It, it's and wouldn't it be great, Andy, if there was just one silver bullet that everybody could follow, and it would just it would go from twenty three percent to forty seven percent. We wouldn't have anything to do, you and I, if that were the case. We wouldn't have anything to do we, except maybe just repeat the same formula over and over. Well, yeah, I think it's, it, but it is interesting because it's it's. Um, whether you're doing inside sales or outside sales, I mean, this is this is to me is the ultimate sort of holy grail is your your absolute your conversion rate at the end of the day. And yeah, I've been talking to lots of guests recently. We've been sort of asking this question about close rates, and and yeah, I've worked in businesses where you know we closed two thirds, three quarters of our qualified opportunities, but you know we had. Uh, yeah, we had maybe 500 prospects in the entire world for what we were selling, but we had to necessarily close a high percentage of them. Um, yet, yeah, other industries, it's it's much less, more commodity business with a lot of competition. It's very price driven. You know, gosh, maybe 20% is a, a great number. But I see with a lot of, of you know, emerging tech companies that are in spaces where they still have some differentiation with the product and there hasn't been the influx of. You know, a lot of direct competitors. It still strikes me as perhaps being a bit low. Yeah, it seems a bit low, but I would say I, I do think it's a bit low. I would agree it's a bit low. Um, is it egregiously low? Nah, I don't know. I I see it. I think it depends on the industry. 
sometimes it's harder to get them. It's hard to get. It, it's harder to qualify, and it also depends on even if they're even if they're inbound. What's the quality of the targeting that's being done? That they may look like they're qualified, but perhaps what they're bringing, they're actually not that qualified. So I think there's a lot of factors that can influence it. Um, and it, and it just depends, like you said, the market, how commoditized is it? There's a lot of things that go into it that would influence that number. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. That's, but again, I, we talk about this, you know, quality versus quantity. Yeah, you know, there's <laughs> qualified quality. I mean, they're aligned, right? Is, is, I think perhaps part of it has to do with, again, the incentives built into the system that discourage uh, more rapid disqualification of people that are not prospects that are not going to buy. Yeah, and, and I always think that's important, Andy, that how effective, how good you are at disqualifying is, I mean, it's the other side of the coin. It's super important to know how to disqualify and to be willing to disqualify and not to have happy years because somebody, you got somebody on a phone, okay, well, they're qualified because they talked to me. That may be the best uh, way with a phone conversation to disqualify. And very important, nobody should be shy about disqualifying. We should disqualify with gusto. Yeah, unfortunately, there are, are incentives built in, not necessarily monetary, but you know, personal incentives for people to, gosh, we need a certain percentage of pipeline coverage, you know, yada, yada, yada for our metrics that I think sort of actively discourage people from disqualifying. That's definitely true. Definitely true. So yeah, I think that should be fixed. <laughs> yeah. That's you, my opinion. Could you take care of that, please? I'll take care of that. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll start a personal crusade. <laughs> well, I, I think it's, well, I think it's actually what's sort of required. Is I think that that we're always going to have this discussion of of quality versus quantity, and it it's been around for decades, right? On pipeline sizes and the number of deals in the pipeline, and how it you know, ultimately flows down to conversion rates and so on is. Is you know how do you solve that and have the right balance? Um, you know, is a tricky question that we certainly haven't hit on the right the right uh, formula for it because you know not only has an impact on on sales and the amount of time they're investing, but you know it can have a, a negative impact on a prospect. Yeah, you, know, you could Definitely. be. I mean, you could be consuming somebody's time to sell to them, and you know, you're not really. Yeah, they're not qualified for you, which means you're not qualified for selling to them. And that could impact the future opportunity you have with that that company when you would be more aligned with what they need. And I've seen that happen on multiple occasions where you know, sort of a false start on a sales situation with a misaligned prospect closed the door an opportunity for one that could have happened in the future uh, when they kept, had you know, the product set aligned with what the customer needed. Yeah, it's somebody trying to sell me a Maserati. Yeah, not I mean, doesn't matter how good they are. I, I shouldn't have. I never should have gotten in the pipeline. I don't even know. though I like the color red. They've probably been listening to this podcast. They probably read about you. They probably think you're a great Maserati prospect. Uh, well, I know they probably. Maybe they've seen me in a Maserati, a friend's Maserati. Yeah. I don't know who knows how, who knows how they got that. What do you drive? Oh, I drive. I love my car. I drive a red Audi A3 convertible. It's not convertible. Okay, all right. You would have been a, you know, that would have been a real. I'm, I'm a dead ringer for a convertible, though. Yeah, I've had convertibles in the past, but I've got, I've got a convertible in my future. 
So yeah. anybody car salesman out there, I have a convertible in my future. You're a California girl. You can, you're supposed to have a convertible. You're supposed to have a convertible. I know. I know. I grew up in Southern California. You yeah, exactly. Right. All right. Well, we have a little shorter episode today, but we're going to sign off now. But you know, thanks, as always, for joining me. Thank you, Andy. Enjoy and, the rest of your Friday and weekend. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in and joining us today. And we'll see you next Friday with Frontline Fridays with this is Andy and Bridget. All right. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com. <laughs>